from the age of the dawn from a dead man greetings is the biggest threat this country has faced for decades. We're seeing the devastating impact of this invisible killer. There will come a moment when no health service in the world could possibly cope because there won't be enough ventilators, enough intensive care beds, enough doctors and nurses. That is the moment of real danger. The new variant is out of control and we need to bring it under control and this news about the new variant has been a uh, an incredibly difficult end to, frankly, an awful year. And it's important for everybody to act, uh, essentially act like they might have the virus. And that's the way that we can control it together. The way ahead is hard. And it is still true that many lives will sadly be lost. Our advisory group on new and emerging respiratory virus threats, NERVTAG, has spent the last few days analyzing this new variant. It may be up to 70% more transmissible than the old variant, the original version of the disease. You, you might be infectious, and that's the way that we have to behave at this moment. Assume you might be infectious, assume you might be infectious, and that's the way that we have to behave at this moment. Today, the United Kingdom's chief medical officers have advised that the country should move to alert level five, meaning that uh, if action is not taken, NHS capacity may be overwhelmed within 21 days. And it's going to spread further. And I, I must level with you, level with the, the British public. Um, more families, uh, many more families, are going to lose loved ones before their time. Your colleague on stage, John Edmonds, has just sent me a statement saying that as far as he's concerned, this is the worst moment of the epidemic because of the extraordinary inf infectivity of this new strain. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I mean, this is a horrible moment for sure. I just say, I'm really sorry to hear about your two relatives who died from this virus. I mean, it is a very dangerous virus uh, for many people. We're looking to move to a different regime, so as we come to the fourth step, we will change the basic tools that we have used to control human behaviour.
or after reading that little line, I will be arrested for not taking a fucking vaccine. This is not a fucking joke anymore. This is fucking dead serious. I am fucking dead serious. These people don't know who the fuck they're actually playing with. They are, in a group they might come and fucking intimidate me and whatnot. But fuck, they do not understand what the fuck just one person like myself is capable of. They do not fucking understand. No fucking vaccine or MRA will ever flow through my fucking blood blood. Never! I will fucking die fucking fighting for my forefathers and my fucking lineage. Fuck these motherfuckers. Come on, come on, do it, camera, yes, there we go, welcome, welcome, welcome everyone, another day, another stream, I didn't think I was going to make this one today, but uh, here I am, climbing the throne of Grift, ready to uh, lay into the <laughs> reptiles and scallywags that are out there um, trying to uh, gaslight you, uh, take away uh, quality, of, uh, quality of life years from you and uh, your wealth at the same time. And um, I've had a busy last uh, 24 hours, I should say. Um, I was, um, I had a surprise meeting, um, wasn't, wasn't really planned. Um, Daniel Nagase, Dr. Daniel Nagase is in Japan. And we, we met yesterday in Nagano. And I've never been to Nagano before in all my years. In Japan, um, I've always drove past the. Uh, in, often when we go to or I go to Tokyo, I'll take that road. It's a longer road, but I like it because it sort of drives through the Alps and uh, it's very, very meditative. And I always, I always go the other way when you when I get to this sort of um, junction. And no, I went, I went a different way. And uh, Nagano is um, quite beautiful, um, very. Uh, I want to say, for a, a, a Japanese city, it was wasn't too, you know, it wasn't Tokyo like, and the, at the heart of this, it's a small city. Is this very, very impressive 
uh, it's a Buddhist temple and um, very, uh, I don't know, does it match cathedrals in majesty, etc.? Ah, I'm not so sure, but it's still, um, still very interesting to see different take, different vibe. And uh, yeah, I had a, had a good time. Um, Daniel will be joining me um, in the coming day or two. Um, we'll be streaming. His story is, you know, um, shocking when you when you hear it and being sort of able to sit down with him and um, talk talk through face to face. You know what he what he's been through. Um, it's uh, oh, you know, it's it's another casualty of this war, and um, yeah, I, I don't want to say too much about uh, his details per se, but um, perhaps I can relay a little bit about some of the things we were talking. Which was, you know, I'm very, very fixated right now on the game theory aspect of if it would be incumbent upon these people, if they have the technology to hand, to, uh, especially if they're driven by this premise of depopulation, uh, population management, uh, however, however you want to think of it. Um, it's becoming ever clearer to me that in a in a sort of zero sum calculation where their their ability to remain undercover and outside the purview of the public decreases each time there's a leap in the technologies and i think that the uh, the Public facing AI is enough if you know how to query it properly. This was what I was talking about with Spartacus over the weekend. And it's, it's actually, it's already at a freakishly powerful level. And oh, did Spartacus call it? we're at like the Ford Model T version right now in terms of um, what is being delivered at a mass scale, right? It, it's, um, it's of course it can in, increase in speed and uh, accuracy, etc. All these things, but um, the fact that it has essentially the historical archive of the internet available to it, and it's able to pull out some degree of semantic um, reasoning as to your uh, your questioning, makes it a powerful tool for querying. You know what what plans these people have had in terms uh, let's let's just say post post second world war um it's, I, I like that as a uh, a boundary and it would seem to me as the the calculation as i as i run the calculation in my head that they they have no choice but to unleash a evolutionary bottleneck which most people won't get past in order to maintain their um their preeminent position over over mankind and so this is this is where my head is at and uh, you know most people say wow well, you know depopulation so we're always talking about that well no, you can you can talk that but you have to have concrete mechanisms and you have to have a 
um, robust framework as to why, why now, why was it um, done in the fashion it was done? And this suddenly all these little parameters are being filled in. And all, all we can do is hope that the attempt was in this, this methodology and attempt was unsuccessful. Um, we don't know yet. We, all we can do is, again, scrape around uh, the edges of where the data points us and you know it doesn't it doesn't look good and we've seen some very very disturbing data points emerge in the last few weeks again i don't know if it's going to be subject to change but essentially we've had a population implosion in sweden and remember folks sweden was the how would you say the the model that all the people who would say, oh, lockdowns have done all the damage, etc. And I'm, you know, it's hard to convince me that locking, locking people in apartments and flats, even though it might have been uncomfortable for a couple of months, continues to cause deaths years out and causes uh, a, a collapse of births in a, in a, population where you know the sweden is a it's a nice example because you have uh, it's a well-off country it has um it's pretty egalitarian in terms of um how the the state operates with respect to um looking after you may not agree with how they do it but you know there's um there's sort of universal coverage with respect to healthcare and um unemployment that type of thing and um, something, something has caused their birth rate to crater in in the last year, and so all these all these things point to a um, a, a shot being taken at mankind, which is a um, uh, we're feeling our way around the edges of it somewhat, trying to trying to figure out what that is. And, you know, the other one is, well, how do, how do you, how do you mass genocide a species such that the species it, it remains blissfully unaware as to the, the effects and voluntarily walked into the slaughter pen to be exposed? And, you know, I'm, and as I, as I think about it, I think this, um, the, the input from the the AI, the um, the equalizing factor that technology brings, is a motivation for them to sort of take actions that we've seen over the last four years. And for those that are new here, uh, wondering what I <laughs> what I prattle on about a lot, it is that they've um, pushed past. Uh, immune barriers injected into people, uh, the uh, the peptides necessary to catalyze the formation of uh, prions, and um, this this is a far more complex area of biology than just thinking about the neurological aspect. Right, um, we've worked through the past couple of weeks how it could be um, accelerating uh, cancers. And of course, 
we would have to presume, going by the lipid nanoparticle biodistributions, that it would it's aiming for the ovaries. And so potentially you've got this process ongoing in the ovaries right now, which could potentially be catastrophic for births, etc. And so all all of this indicates that in in the scheme of things, they're they've they've taken the decision. Oh, if 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 it was just population management, if that was just the sole reason, let's just keep it at that. They they've decided to do that, and they had to get it done before the uh, the information became just too widespread as to the history and the um, ideological driving factors which would have them move towards a uh, uh, or, or trying to convince people that essentially the end is nigh anyway your your uh, your in environment is going to collapse we've fucked it up there's uh there's too many cows munching on grass and farting and uh your <laughs> your your trips to the shops have just caused too much environmental damage and that's it we're all done for i don't i don't think any of that is potentially um real per se um i'm i'm sure this <laughs> environment changes we know that much um i don't i don't think the uh the best attempts of man at screwing up everything um, mount to that much in the scheme of things uh, when you consider the sort of uh, scale of the planet etc and um, these these people and you know a lot of people they say well you know how how are these people getting through this um, this bottleneck as well what's their countermeasures maybe maybe most of them have bought onto the idea that they don't they don't need countermeasures either there's a core of them that will get through and they can engineer in the advantageous polymorphisms that you would need to uh, perhaps be resistive to the impact of uh, the prion cascades as they uh, rattle through your biology uh, you know maybe it's a maybe it's a real wipe the uh, the board clean and the best best mechanism that they had as as the technology was increasing they had this weapon to play with respect to mass exposure and they only get one shot at it and i would you know i was talking about this with daniel yesterday which is well if, that, if that's what they've done and they're they had to be pretty sure it was going to work before you even uh, pull the trigger on it so in this in this respect you're um we i think it's it's important to think at this at, at every um operational level and they and presume until we know better that it it's um that's what you're dealing with um because otherwise you're going to um you're going to get uh, taken out by the consequences of it and so um, you know, do you do do you do you give up? No, 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 no. That's not what I'm uh, advocating here. Um, I think that the way through this is, uh, it it is uh, our biology, I guess, the complexity in adaptation, etc. Because um, if the superprion hypothesis is correct, um, it's already happened before. We can see the um, 
the archaeogenomics of it. And um, perhaps they're aiming for that uh, again. And so you have to make sure that you've got a skin in the game, as it were, to get through that bottleneck. And, you know, just, just as a... You know, it's nice from oh, nice, <laughs> but it, it's it, it's it makes a change, pleasant change for me, that I could um, sit down yesterday and and talk with people where I don't have to work through the basics all the time. If we make the presumption, or it's nice where you, you the other person or people that you're speaking to have already reached the conclusion that oh you're dealing with um weaponized biology by warfare you're dealing with the um malfeasance that um dwarfs most people have a job to to compute what what would be going through these people's heads and the um, and so right now, I'm of the opinion that um, sh should you be able to, you should be um, aiming to uh, do everything that you can to get past that bottleneck. And so how do you do that? Well, I think um, organizing, et cetera, um, is the first thing to do. Um, and that's what I'm trying to do at uh, this end right now. Um, like I said, I've made, I've made the decision, and I'm going to put uh, maximum effort into. I've I've got to confirm as best as I can if if there's prion seeding activity, not just amyloidogenic activity. We have to see if there is um, identifiable prions um, from a controlled experiment, and unfortunately, uh, few people are going to do the experiment or even are in a position to do the experiment to uh, expose brain tissue to the the spike protein from the vaccine the the gene transcribed expression products in those vials um i can't guarantee that it's going to be a success but i think that it's incumbent upon me to to do that if no one else is and i'm in a I'm in the position to at least uh, at least try, so um, that's where my head is at the moment. Um, and of course, I'll do my best to keep this aspect going. The the streaming, um, it's this that enables me to be able to be in that position to um, do this do this testing, and. Um, see prenated yeah yeah <laughs> that's uh that's how they've done it and look there's nothing there's nothing else in the arsenal that can do that um that impact on the biology um bacteria won't do it viruses mm, not so much and the the virus was the uh initial ignition of that weapon and the uh, the mass exposure via gene transfection was the main uh the main warhead if you like and i don't know man 
Who was, was I listening to earlier? Albert, as the kids were getting ready for school, he was doing a space and you know, just uh, he was playing some rabbis as they were um, waxing lyrical about how prophecy says, well, you know, two thirds of the of mankind gets wiped out. You know, I don't know how much weight to put into that type of um, thinking. Um, we do do a lot of metaphysics and uh, religious uh, examination here on the channel. Um, I'm I'm of the opinion not to dismiss it at the moment because I'm uh, I think in such extraordinary circumstances you must sort of you want uh, as many sensors up as possible to uh, be crunching data as um, as quickly as possible and the um maybe maybe we've been here before who knows who knows and you know it's not lost on me that maybe it's uh maybe it's the cyclical end of uh an age and there's <laughs> on this planet that gets uh set in motion by i don't know impactors or solar flares whatever whatever your choice of poison is maybe it's something like that maybe maybe the uh, people who have um, the tools to look at the, the the data know this is happening. Um, they maybe considered it a mercy to uh, rot your brain out and uh, give you cancer <laughs> instead of uh, being vaporized by x-rays uh, from the sun. I don't know. <laughs> like I say, all, all we can do right now is just try and piece together these bits of these bits of data and, you know, speaking with Daniel yesterday the more the more I speak about it the more the harder it is for me to dismiss this uh this dynamic where if it's you know it's, let's just say we're dealing with the machinations of man and there's <laughs> these people have uh, centuries millennia of uh, crimes and blood on their hands and um they're they're finding it ever more difficult to uh, maintain uh, their grip on uh, on the levers of power and it may be that they just thought ah fuck it let's go we've got the tools and a weapon that's not used is uh, essentially a uh, useless weapon and that's what uh, that's what we're um, dealing with right now. So that's been my musings, uh, as dark as they are over the last twenty four hours. I was a lovely time with the family, though. I say walk around the uh, walk around beautiful ancient um, Japanese city, and um, it was all very zen and uh, calm. So uh, it was there is calm and <laughs> the Ida storm, I guess and. Yeah. So what are we going to do today? Uh, we're going to take a look. So someone else other than me can see through the wonky maths being pushed by Denny Rancor. And so I want to read through their take on his um, shitty. <laughs> it is just shitty. And I'm I'm embarrassed for the fact that people just latched onto it like like professional people without being able to um analyze the the math being put forward and um seeing it for the garbage that it is now have we lost uh 20 odd million people potentially the numbers indicate that is it all from vaccines though 
Mm, I don't know. Um, but the way to test that is not how Rancor has done it. The way to, the way to test that properly is a um, well. You have to get medical records, and you have to start clustering the data around medical records. And what what's emerged as the uh, primary driver for these deaths? And you know how how do you how do you kill the young in this instance? And it's it's cardiac issues, cancers. Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. And I think that, um, we're sort of seeing that, and that that would be the um, the indicators that not all is well. And we potentially, when you're dealing with uh, a weaponized prion type system, that's just the opening. Uh, what do you say? It, it, it's like the when you're on the when you're on the mountain and you're I don't know whatever skiing for example and you know you just feel uh, you know a little rumble and uh but that little rumble is just uh, presaging a uh, very very large <laughs> catastrophic if you're in the way avalanche um coming our way as a species and um I, uh, my own perspective is I, I i need to know the scientist in me is drawn to this question um this data and um i need to know and the problem is there's few people talking about it so um we're gonna take a look at that so let's um so oh yes of course so the other paper that which i which i wanted to look at was prions and so what's the uh, what's some of the things that we can learn around transmissible spongiform encephalopathies the prion disorders is we're learning how it can be uh, picked up in the environment and how it's persistent in the environment. And as I was reading one paper the other day, I've got a whole bunch that I want to read about prions, but there's a paper that was looking at uh, infectivity in peripheral tissue, right? So most people just think, well, it's just impacting the brain, etc. But um, if it's, it's shedding, going to be an issue because it would appear to be if we look at the most germane example at the moment which is chronic wasting disease something keeps spilling out into the environment causing chronic wasting disease to amplify and that was ongoing prior to SARS um, emerging um, what that impact is on that population SARS on that deer population, we don't know, but it's something. It's something to pay uh, attention to, as the deer may be not only an indicator of what happens when you have a uh, mass uh, mass prion seeding and contamination event, but um, as they're susceptible to um, SARS, what's the impact on the rates of prion disorder in the in that species? So I think these are uh, very, very important um, data points. Uh, Aura Alpha says glyphosate, blood-brain barrier deterioration. Um, yeah, look, I th I think all of these industrial chemicals, etc. Um, there, I would I would probably say this. Um, if it was just one of these factors, um, yeah, you know the 
human body is pretty tough um, in most instances. It may not be an issue. For some, it might. But there's just been uh, decades of uh, mounting toxicity and <laughs> topped off with the cherry of gene transfecting um, prion catalyzing epitopes. <laughs> Mass in billions, billions of people, man. When you think about it, but it, it it's if if it was a weapon, it's the most successful weapon ever, and I don't think it would be uh, it would be beat for many a millennia. All right, um, let's see, let me see what we've got in the chat. Uh, <laughs> the Nazi nurse vaccine your grifter is here. Let's go. Yeah, um, <laughs> just. Uh, just as I've got it up on the screen, as I flick over, um, the Jew. <laughs> just there for uh, that goddamn chimpanzee. He's always getting somewhere where he's not supposed to be. But uh, avian flu hypothesis and uh, <laughs> the Jew. Uh, Jason Goodman um, crashing into the wall, and um, I say fuck that asshole. And uh, he's he's a creep and a disinformation. Um, peddler as well flat earth flat earth no virus wanker so um i hope he's having a horrid day and i hope he has a miserable existence from here on out i hope the prions get him first so i can laugh i'll laugh and laugh and laugh all right uh let's see subversive ringtail detected um i know what that means uh, enable w yeah i tried it wtyl chat is not working for some reason um doesn't matter what i do restarting the browser um let me just try doing it again i'll i'll see if i can get it working but i was trying uh furiously during the intro to get it working but as uh you've reminded me let me just try that real quick ah, it might might wreck the chat though Hmm. Let's see. Um, I don't know. I'll just uh, I'll just try this. See if this works. Renew. Okay. Are we streaming? Working. Yeah, it says live. Okay, so that's that's working. That's good. Pop out, please. All right, and test. Nothing. 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 I don't know what's wrong with it. I got a fee. <laughs> flayed up bleak. Find out what's going on. Prayer computer probably needs resetting. Etc. But I've got a bunch of stuff I need to archive uh, prior to doing that. Uh, la, 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 la. Where are we? Um, they're geoengineering the crap out of us to manufacture consent too. We won't know what we're facing climate-wise until that thumb is off the scale. Um, uh, that's waifu right now. All right, um, she broke my concentration. What was I doing? Oh, yes, the stream. Heck of people watching me. Uh, I was just I was just trying to catch up with the chat real quick, though, before we press on. 
Uh, let's see. Well, I just says, luckily I'm descended from 1,000 years of warriors that probably ate our enemies still beating hearts. It's a post-battle teabag move. Um, <laughs> uh, salute, brother. Um, the fat thumb of man is but a feather to the daily flux from the sun. I'd be more concerned about dissociation pollution than CO2. Yeah, yeah, same. Uh, let's see. Just ask the residents of Maui. Commander, can you comment on risk from the clot shot versus COVID? 100 to 1. Um, I don't know. I think uh, I think both are dangerous. And it's very... It's difficult for me to say because I just know too many people that have been messed up by the virus. And I know too many people that have been shafted by the vaccine now. So it's very difficult from my perspective to... Um, make a real distinction um i think i think long term in in most cases most cases um i would make the presumption that people would um, come into contact with the virus it's going to um, impact a whole bunch you know the frailer end of society harder which is what we've seen that's why that's why the um alzheimer's deaths just um skyrocketed and it's only now beginning to sort of get back up and now we've got to see how much it climbs um above uh, the normal predicted lines and the um i think for the young the vaccine would probably be the worst yeah i, I think the vaccine would be the worst thing um for the, the the unhealthy average Westerner, middle aged, I think it's a crapshoot either way. Um, and again, I know too many people that have had it and nothing happened, right? So on on either side of the equation. And so the the issue now is, um, as we look at this data, is are the long term pathologies will they come to dominate? And you know, as we look at these data points in the UK and Sweden, they they would indicate that yeah, potentially there's some serious um, serious issues at hand at play right now, and we should be very very cautious until we know um, otherwise. All right, uh, let's see. Rod Rogers says if enough. The Stick their angry little dicks in the mashed potatoes, the pole shift. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, FTN Luna says, Kevin, my man, how are you doing? Uh, I'm good. How are you? Uh, Lenny says, I'm new. Uh, welcome aboard. Uh, I'm going to watch and lurk. Please watch and lurk. Uh, let's see. McCullough freaked me out when he latches onto it. He was very dismissive of Denny when Cooey interviewed them together. When I heard Peter quoting Denny and his no virus work, I almost dropped my soap. Yeah, uh, look, people people falling for that, um, not being able to read, who are supposed to be professionals and not be able to read that paper and just see the fallacies in it was disturbing to me. And the fact that there were people who must know and didn't call it out because it fit a particular um, agenda, um, again, tells me that they're, they're just dishonest actors at this point. Uh, see, I did that. Um, I know my whole point is the data is skewed and we won't know what we're facing until it isn't. 
Right. Um, did that, did that. Uh, let's out on who killed Bambi by Sid Vicious. Uh, let's see. The Holtzley microbiome destruction. The historical data that shows unfucked with patterns going back a couple of hundred years, which is just a blink of an eye, what that implies, uh, has no consistency, implying multiple causes, not cycle we can predict or pinpoint. Maybe those Iranian missiles will come for him next. What that means? Uh, coming for who? Me? I hope not. Let's focus on the stream content. I get what you're saying. Okay. Um, uh, McCullough is extremely well read. It's notable for him to have changed his mind on Rancor somehow. Um, McCullough has made numerous claims that the past few years that were absurd. I don't think he's too bright, to be honest. Um, I think what he might be doing is just deferring to people he, he maybe trusts in this instance and hasn't read it and is just going uh, and just trusting that it, if they've read it and they come to that conclusion, then it must be okay. Um, uh, coming for Goodman, you said the prions might get him. Well, yeah, Iranian missiles would be fun as well. I hope one lands right on his head. All right. Uh, okay, so if you wandered in here wondering who I am, uh, that's me, Dr. Kevin Cairn, systems neuroscientist. I turned renegade now as we uh, try to pick through uh, the mess. Uh, what the apex predator class are trying to pull on us as they, uh, they extract the wealth out of you and your family to all the pipsqueak. Uh, he likes getting his fudge back. Yeah, he's definitely a Jew York homo. <laughs> that just that oozes out of every uh, sweaty rittling pore of that faggot um that's me if you want to find my previous work before i became a, a gobby shite on the internet um you can go to researchgate you can find all my metrics there uh what i would do is please plead with you um the reason that i'm able to sit here uh, go through this data contemplate actually doing the uh the tests on uh, vaccines direct into neural tissue uh, is because of that blue button that's right behind my head. There, look, right there. Uh, you can use your usury cards there or gay pal. Uh, Patreon, uh, buy me a coffee, subscribe star, cryptocurrencies, uh, join our Discord. Uh, use the tools of your oppressors in the corner down there. Uh, that QR code will take you straight to payment processing. Keep the doc in the fight. And uh, you can have an uh, email should I go live. And usually um, <laughs> it should it should play the stream on that site when I'm live. Yeah, there you go. So you don't even have to sign in or anything. It's there. Free to all. Right. And, of course, um, I think what's important is that we... Um, archive stuff and so i put a lot of um anything that i make um into uh server structure uh so we can stream live stream video on demand and uh you can upload stuff and watch stuff on there and um well, we'll see what's uh, what's been recently added in the in the last 24 hours why not working right that blick's been uh tinkering around with everything <laughs> I know that. Uh, let's see. Uh, this week, ah. not that much. Come on, let's fill fill up, fill up our memory banks. Ah. CMG Smith says seventy year old, not vaxxed, never had COVID, O negative blood, thoughts. I don't. Know. Um, 
like I say, I know, I just know too many people on either side of the uh, equation that just have been jacked over. Um, so, I don't know what to, you know, if you got, if you got this far, <laughs> count your blessings is what I would say. All right. Um, ba, 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 ba. where was I? So, uh, yes, what are we going to do today? I wanted to look at, uh, oh yeah, first of all, this, uh, shout out to Groove Nuts. Um, he'd made a little clip. Um, I can play that, uh, so I can just, uh, vape my brains out for a couple of minutes. Um, let's watch this. Joanna Dina, MD, PhD, the truth about SARS-CoV-2. Last time I explained these lentil vector technology, meaning HIV and SIV as a gene modification workhorse in laboratory, which they introduced in 1997 from Geneva, and then like published in 2000. And since then we have lentil vector technology in every lab all over the world. And when you then find a German SIV isolated in Germany in 2015, inside the genome of COVID, there's something fishy. I remember that people were saying, we don't have a genetic correlate for the inserts one, two, and three for the Pregnant paper. It's actually the SIV, one of these SIV inserts that Montagnier found, the, the P18, that one, that makes up the insert one. So I was pretty impressed that this work of Pradhan and Montagnier match in this kind of way, and people are still saying that these inserts are, have emerged naturally. Why would you use a backbone of SARS for Vaccine, I mean, human coronavirus, adenovirus. I could understand that, but the SARS backbone, that's dangerous as such, I think. The spike and the spike function, that part is a specific, very short part in the spike coding. The area where the open reading frame 1B goes over to the spike coding part. So it's, it's exactly at that position that was published in 2005 by Beijing and in collaboration with University of Berlin Chemical Institute. Jens Kuhn, who is uh, also involved in some research at Fort Dietrich, ah. was like, yeah, it's like, oh, yeah. you know, ah, there are so many things, 2005, they figured it's just two amino acids in SARS-1 to change, to make it more susceptible, to make human cells more susceptible. And then uh, this research kind of moved to Wuhan and there's this public, there are these publications in Wuhan in around 2008 about them playing with this position. And it's the epitopes of, of this, the SIVP18 right here. That one is insert one from Pradran. And when you look at Pradran and the insert one, it's the red one right here on the perfect 
position for having the same properties like HIV envelope with the furin, the cleavable addition here and these three inserts that he found, the Pradhan paper. Um, bravo to uh, Groove Nuts there. Um, well done. We need more people clipping all the information that gets dropped on these streams. Um, <laughs> the young need to know that they got uh, they got mass preanated uh, by uh, <laughs> leaks spittles. All right, uh, let's do this. Do this, and I want to get to uh, this. So, uh, oh, I fixed the uh, the chat and. Let's bring me back up on the screen, please, camera. <laughs> I'll fix the chat, broke camera. There we go. All right. Um, let's do that. Put me over here. So this is from a uh, website, The Illusion of Consensus. Uh, a critique of the 17 million deaths caused by the vaccines claim and the current data on post-vaccine deaths. Rav Aurora and Tracy Beth Hoog MD, PhD. Um, let's see. Uh, let's, I'll, I'll just read it all. Note to readers. One of the hardest things for humans to do is not lose themselves to the most extreme, outrageous strands of their ideology or group, given the social incentives. It's easy for liberals to spiral into far leftism, environmentalists to degenerate into climate change extremists, for example. This applies to the COVID vaccine conversation as well. As I've extensively reported, the CDC, FDA, Fauci, leading universities and faux experts have caused tremendous medical harm. Every preventable vaccine injury is a dark stain on every one of these people's legacies. Yep. However, that does not mean every sensational claim about the vaccine harms is true. It doesn't mean every death post-vaccination is from the vaccine, even though we know it causes that in some people. Dr. Tracy Beth Hoog has proven to be one of the most reliable scientists in the pandemic. Oi! What about me? Authoring some of the most vital studies on vaccine adverse events while not devolving into anti-vax conspiracism. And she here delivers a powerful cogent criticism of the 17 million vaccine death claim that Brett Weinstein recently popularized. Please read this with an open mind and leave your comments in support or criticism. Uh, I'll be reading every one of them. Uh, and if there are compelling critiques, maybe even have Dr. Hoog respond. Okay, so, um, of course, uh, <laughs> Brett Weinstein uh, with his Jufro went on uh, Tucker Carlson and does that play? That's no, just an image. And um, you know, generally it was a okay stream um, or, or whatever interview. But again, this I, I would be uber cautious about using Denny Rancor's data just because of the obvious fucking flaws in it. And but he just rattled it off again. I, I'm presuming. He's not Reddit. Reddit doesn't understand it and can't pick apart the uh, the fallacies in the maths and um, data presentations. Um, uh, um, let's see. Uh, Endor Donnie says, recent admission to hospital in USA, they're still testing for the COVID crap, but not demanding the bioweapon injection. Um, yeah. Um, probably because they know, right? They've got this was something Charles was speaking about um, 
they've got all that data, right? They know who took it. They know, um, and they, they, it's, you know, with the programming skills to hand, um, it wouldn't be hard to start finding the correlations. So it's interesting. And I don't think they need to do it anymore. If, if this extreme end of the operational framework has any um, legs to it, they had to get it, you know, essentially everything lined up and fired and then you get you try to get as much mass exposure as possible and then you sit back and wait to see uh, how many eggs hatch or don't hatch uh, particularly in this case and so they don't need to keep pushing the uh the shots right so what the, they're from a overview type uh, look at the situation what they would be thinking right now is if, if that's what they've done they've got to have population control and management as as the casualties mount up across all the different um pathologies that we see um that we can associate with um translation protein misfolding um errors and um why why rile the crowds up any more than they have to and you know the job could be done as it were ah, la, 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 la. let's see um brett weinstein is an idiot ah <laughs> uh, let's see I just seen a jiggering and jaggering post from three days ago show on the stream chat. So it is messing up. Yeah, I don't know why it's looping like that. Um, sorry. All right. Um, we'll, we'll probably get a comment in there about Lindsay's ass. <laughs> so, um, all right. Let's, let's move on with the article. So I am a physician epidemiologist who has consistently questioned the safety and efficacy of the COVID-19 vaccines. In the summer of 2021, I was the lead author on the first major study pointing out the risks of post-Pfizer vaccination myocarditis in adolescents. We found that potential benefits of full vaccination did not appear to outweigh the risks in healthy adolescent males, just looking at post-vaccination myocarditis risks alone. Not long after, I was senior author of another analysis published in BMJ Journal of Medical Ethics that found the harms of the booster dose in college-age students likely outweighed potential benefits by at least 18-fold. What is more, I have written multiple times about the COVID-19 vaccines being implicated in numerous deaths and have a related peer-reviewed paper hopefully coming soon. Finally, I have most recently voiced my concern about the production process of the Pfizer mRNA vaccine and the potential risks of DNA plasmid contamination to the Public Health Integrity Committee. But if you want to bring attention to safety issues with the mRNA vaccines or other pharmaceutical products using biased publications or prematurely jumping to conclusions is not the way to do it. We can't complain about the pharmaceutical industry publishing biased research if we turn around and promote equally, if not more, biased research about vaccine side effects. Not only do we need scientists who are not captured by pharma, we need scientists who are not captured in general by any ideology. We need scientists who are critical thinkers and can acknowledge limitations in data and identify inappropriate methods and or causal inference. Furthermore, avoiding, uh, avoiding inappropriately scaring people, be it about COVID or the vaccines, is good public health. Mm, I don't know about that, man. Um, if, someone, if someone's just uh, fired a, uh, 
<laughs> around uh, me, <laughs> my family, I want to know about it. And uh, so I would, I would disagree with her there all the time that we don't have a comprehensive answer on uh, the capabilities of that prion catalyzing epitope right now. So that's just me. 17 million deaths due to vaccines. Brett Weinstein, in his fascinating interview on Tucker Carlson, said he saw a credible estimate of 17 million deaths globally from this technology, meaning the vaccines. Now, this was a bit confusing since they were discussing mRNA vaccines at this moment, and it was unclear if he meant all types of COVID vaccines. But I immediately thought, one, whoa, what percent of vaccinated people would have died and how many people would that mean would have died in little highly vaccinated Denmark? For those who don't know, I am a Danish citizen. Then I thought, two, what confounded data set did he use to get his estimate? But I also want to point out, I found it interesting, Brett did not give any sort of range in terms of potential numbers of people killed, how this estimate was arrived at, or what kind of residual uncertainty there was about the estimate. To answer the second question, so you are not scrolling ahead, I quickly learned Brett was referring to this analysis by Rancor, Bodin, Hickey and Mercier. Uh, COVID-19 vaccine associated mortality in the Southern Hemisphere. Uh, let's see, there's a tweet post here. If you want to understand how 17 million global COVID vaccine deaths to date was calculated, see Denny Rancor video in the quoted tweet. Basic math sanity check. If 17 million people died from the vaccines, that would be, of course, 17 million per 8.1 billion if everyone in the world were vaccinated or 0.21% of the population killed. But only 5.55 billion people have been vaccinated with any vaccines. So that's 17 million divided by 5.5 billion or 0.31% of all vaccinated people killed. China, with one and a half billion people, had an over 90% vaccination rate, but almost exclusively did not use mRNA vaccines. So this could alter the numbers a lot, depending on whether or not we are only looking at mRNA vaccines. Here's a good point. But this analysis looked at multiple different types of vaccines, including India's Covaxin and China's Sinovac. So I am including all vaccinated people in the denominator, though ideally each vaccine platform should have been investigated separately. If we just look at the country of Denmark with 5.9 million people with an 82% vaccination rate and 0.31% risk of death per vaccinated person, this would mean about 15,000 excess deaths in their country caused by the COVID vaccines alone so far. And actually the number would be higher because of a skewing towards an older population. Rancor's analysis, as you can see in the figure above, suggests the fatality rate is 1 out of 20 injections for people over the age of 90. But according to a recent analysis by Ioannidis et al., if you look at Denmark's change in excess mortality from the second half of 2021 through 2023, there isn't any. In fact, they had fewer deaths than expected during the pandemic period, and multiple countries with relatively high vaccination rates had decreases in excess mortality from 2021 to 2023. In general, countries with lower vulnerability as measured by GDP had low to no excess death in 2021 to 2023. That's an interesting claim. Um, so uh, I guess that's what we're looking at here. Estimated accumulated excess deaths at different time points during 2020 to 2023 in 34 countries grouped in more vulnerable upper group and less vulnerable lower group. The color scale corresponds to excess deaths from green to red. 
And so <laughs> Bulgaria uh, clipping ahead there. And, you know, that's not my recollection of Bulgaria. I want to say Bulgaria had a very, very bad initial onset. And then they're, they're well below um, excess deaths right now. So we can we can just get a sanity check ourselves um, right now as we um, try and um, pick apart her take on the data. And so um, what are we seeing here? So from sort of lockdowns to mid to the end of 2020, um, you know, there's significant drops everywhere except for well, USA, Chile, um, Italy, UK, Spain, Belgium. Now, there's no Japan in here. And um, I think Japan should be, uh, I think Japan is the model uh, system to be using. But that's just me. I'm biased. And um, what do we see for excess deaths? Uh, Thanks. Uh, all right. And so UK is running. I, I wonder where she's got her numbers from. Uh, I, I'm. <laughs> I want a sanity check real quick. So let's do no, not that. That was stupid. Uh this. And, uh, this this. And no, I didn't want that in here. I wanted our world in data. <laughs> All right. Um, so there's Japan's data. Let's look for um, Bulgaria. This is all-cause mortality percent, right? That's what we want. Excess mortality, death from all causes based on previous years. Yeah, so we'll, we'll just use this scale. Uh, See, so... Um, <laughs> I'm wondering about her figures right now here, right? So you can see from our world in data, Bulgaria had this crazy um, period where it just ripped through the country. And this was, yeah, you know, before, before vaccines appeared on the scene. And, you know, 2023, 
it's running below um it's negative so i don't know how she's derived these figures well i'm questioning her maths at the moment and uh let's see um let's pick another sanity check uh let's have a look to the uk that color but there so the uk is running around i want to say on average about 10 percent give or take it's spiking it's 2023 right 2022 2023 so six six uh, yeah it's been a steady Eight, nine, ten percent for at least the last half of twenty twenty three. That's this data point here. Yeah, so where did she have UK? Five percent. Mm. Is this from the Ionidis paper? Is that where she's getting the data from? Let's see variability in excess deaths across countries with different vulnerability during time so i'm presuming the data is from here um, excess deaths percent august 2023 i'm just trying to see if i can get a um, what are we looking for? Bulgaria, right? Which is not in there. Oh, here's Bulgaria. 15.76. Um, I say, I don't, I don't know this paper. This paper is new to me, but it doesn't jive with just the raw data on our world in data. Um, you know, somewhere something is not where are they pulling it from is that method somewhere Excess death calculations. So we performed excess death calculations using methods similar to those we used in our previously published work for 2020 to 21. Briefly, we used the average of years 2017 to 2019 as baseline. Yeah. And we used the human mortality database, specifically the short-term uh, mortality fluctuations file. Um, it's a CSV file, so I'd have to import it anyway. Okay, so we know where she's getting her data from, and a look at our world in data says there's a difference there. So let's move on. Um, 
point of contention anyway. In other words, if the excess mortality being seen across the globe right now is due to the vaccines, why are we seeing less to no excess in some of the most highly vaccinated countries? Well, you need to take a look at Japan, sweetheart. Now, of course, excess mortality depends on the baseline period you use, so estimates will differ. But if you look at Denmark's own data, they estimate around 6,000 total extra deaths from 2021 up to the start of 2023. Um, so let's just add Denmark in here. Yeah, I mean, they had a, they had a very mild run of it anyway. But for sure, you know, 2021, you can see there's a an increase generally sustained increase and now it has it has dropped so denmark seems more concordant here with their data so anyway uh but the peaks of the excess deaths are in december january and don't correspond well with the vaccination rollout in spring of 2021 they were seeing fewer than the expected deaths also, interestingly, they were seeing higher than expected deaths each winter since 2015, starting before COVID and the vaccine rollout. And I guess we've just got to look at um, Denmark's data there. The light blue line is expected deaths and dark blue line is observed deaths, weeks numbers on the x-axis, um, Antal, whatever that is, Dorschwald, Alt equals total deaths in all. So how did the Scandinavian countries hide upwards of 10,000 extra deaths? Did they simultaneously come up with another miracle cure that saved approximately this many lives? In other words, this 0.3% death rate or 70 million worldwide deaths due to vaccines does not pass a basic sanity test. The other issue is correlation does not necessarily equal causation. God, that. <laughs> I hate that phrase so much. Um, <laughs> Let's see. Uh, ba, 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 ba. I'm. Again, it's I don't know which um, which database to use in this uh, in this particular instance, and the it it would have to it, again in this instance you're kind of limited by the um you know who are the experts that are probing this data and which which data sets do they consider the most valuable and um so whatever that um mortality.org website is um let me just bring that up let's, let's just see if we can find out a little bit about mortality.org So the Human Mortality Database is the world's leading scientific data resource on mortality in developed countries. The HMD provides detailed, high-quality, harmonized mortality and population estimates to researchers, students, journalists, policy analysts, and others interested in human longevity. Um, Who's who's behind this? Um, who runs it? Executive board. Uh, 
Human Mortality Database Executive Board makes decisions and recommendations concerning the maintenance and further development of the Human Mortality Database, including its core and extensions. The board reviews and endorses decisions by the HMD directors concerning methodology, country coverage, further enhancements, and new research directions. The board meets on demand, but not less than twice a year. The board also reviews HMD-related activities and products developed separately from the core database under HMD logos such as USMDB or the German Mortality Database. The board may provide general recommendations about such developments, though it does not have oversight authority over satellite projects. It decides whether the satellite project can be associated with the HMD project. The board consists of current and former HMD directors as well as researchers who are making or have made substantial contributions to the project. The membership in the board does not depend on affiliation with one of their institutes supporting the HMD, but is determined by the potential members' personal history of engagement in the project. The size and composition of the board may be changed as needed. Yeah, but who is funding you? Okay, so HMD receives financial and logistical support from its free sponsoring institutes. Department of Demography at the University of California, Berkeley, the Max Planck Institute for Demographic Research, and the French Institute for Demographic Studies. The UCB team also benefits from supportive infrastructure of the NIA-funded Center on the Economics and Demography of Aging at UCB. Uh, I guess that's Berkeley. The UCB team wishes to thank the faculty and staff. Yeah, yeah. So financial support. The initial development of the HMD was supported by awards from the National Institute on Aging to the HMD team, Berkeley, California, since 2016. Additional contributions have been received in support of the HMD from the Society of Actuaries, Canadian Institute of Actuaries, Hanover RE, whatever that is, SCOR, Reinsurance Group of America, the AXA Research Fund, Milliman, the UK Institute and Faculty of Actuaries, Club Vita, Munich, RE, and the Dutch Royal Actuarial Association work on short-term mortality fluctuations data series is supported by Volksfang Stiftung. The database is solely the responsibility of the HMD team and does not necessarily represent the official views of the National Institutes of Health and other donors. Furthermore, the funders had no role in the design, management, methodological decisions or review of the Human Mortality Database project or its extensions. Okay, so, uh, you know, as clean as um, you're likely to get with any of these sort of institutions, I guess. And, um, you know, if actuarial organizations are using it you know, if there's money at play um i presume they find it of use okay so let's get back to this article so analysis by rancor itself so let's break down why the rancor bodine hickey and messier analysis brett cited in this interview should not be used for causal inference note the authors actually say definite causal link um so covid19 vaccine associated mortality in the southern hemisphere Correlation has published a new report entitled COVID-19 Vaccine Associated Mortality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Author, yeah. The paper is based on 17 countries in the southern hemisphere and equatorial region. A definite causal link is shown between many peaks in all-cause mortality and rapid vaccine rollouts. The authors quantify the fatal toxicity risk per injection, which is exceedingly large in the most elderly. 
The first issue is that authors analyze only 17 countries, but why only 17 and why these 17? They don't explain, but should have. For example, why did they look at the Southern Hemisphere and not the Northern? They also did not include countries with high vaccination rates. In fact, some have relatively very low rates of around 40%. What I'm getting at is where these countries were these uh, where or were these countries chosen because they had excess or cause mortality peaks that corresponded with the vaccine rollout and or were the countries that didn't get exclu uh, excluded. In other words, was their selection bias? Second, you can see from Rancor Atel's analysis figures below, the peaks of all-cause excess mortality do not clearly correspond to the vaccine rollout, nor is any association that does exist consistent in appearance, timing from country to country. And, you know, this is um, things that myself and Charles have uh, looked at, a very obvious one being uh, Peru. Um, but in this case, uh, it was Peruvian death squads gunning down thousands of people every month, uh, <laughs> according to Rancor. Um, you know, it, it was, it, if you didn't toss this paper out just on those figures, I, I, I'm not sure what to tell you. Um, but you know, it's very, it's very obvious when you look, um, you look at that data there. Uh, I can go full screen. Um, so there's Peru, Philippines, etc. Um, Argentina, um, Australia, and Bolivia. <laughs> what is that, man? I, I, I don't. I, I, I fail. The fact that people just chewed down on this and have been regurgitating it again and again and again is it's infuriating to me, but. Um, it it kind of it kind of tells you the uh, the scope of competence, I guess. Singapore, South Africa, Suriname. Okay, so certainly something is going on with increasing all-cause mortality rates in these countries. But in Bolivia, Peru, and Argentina, it starts well before the vaccine rollout. Rancor et al. do appropriately acknowledge this and adjust for pre-vaccine rollout increases in all-cause mortality in their analysis. Third, many things changed across the globe shortly prior to and during the vaccination rollout. School closures, lockdowns, increased crime, depression, drug abuse, decreased sports, participation, delayed medical care, job loss, and increasing poverty levels across the globe. With so many potentially impactful changes on human health occurring at once, one cannot with certainty attribute the excess deaths post-vaccination rollout out to the vaccines, let alone attribute all of the excess deaths to the vaccines, but the latter is just what the authors did. To make it clear, I'm not taking political sides here. We have seen similarly inappropriate causal inference before when studies, even in the NEJM, inappropriately infer causality about mask wearing in schools and lower COVID infections, or when observational studies of COVID vaccines attribute all decreases in death rates to the vaccines rather than the fact more vaccinated people tend she needs uh, someone should have done some editing on this there's a whole bunch of typos i'm trying to get around to tend to have better underlying health fourth we don't have the vaccination status of the deceased um, in included countries such as South Africa and Suriname, which appear to have stronger correlations between vaccination rollout and excess mortality, the vaccination rate is lower than the global average at around only 
If a large proportion of the population that counted in the excess deaths in some of these countries was unvaccinated, that certainly speaks against vaccines being causal. Fourth, we don't know or don't provide the cause of death. If there has been an increase in substance abuse, suicide and homicide deaths, just maybe we should not attribute those to the vaccines or COVID for that matter. The crazy example of India studied by Rancor et al. In an earlier analysis, Rancor's team looked at the vaccine rollout in India and concluded the vaccine rollout caused 3.7 million deaths out of 350 million doses given in India over a four-month period in the spring and summer of 2021. Because the excess all-cause mortality occurred synonymous with the vaccine rollout, the analysis does not attribute any of the excess deaths to other causes. This would have been more than one death per 100 doses given. Attributing all of these deaths to the vaccine interferes with an appropriately thorough investigation of what happened in India, what the causes of death were, why they occurred, and how many of the deceased were in fact vaccinated. It also really detracts from the credibility of investigating vaccine-associated deaths and adverse events. U.S. excess mortality and poverty. In another analysis by Rancor et al., they find a very strong correlation in the U.S. between excess mortality and poverty. This is from the presentation linked to the, in the image above. So if vaccinated people are more likely to be higher socioeconomic status and white, how is this finding consistent with the notion it is vaccines and only vaccines causing increases in all-cause mortality? Maybe people in poverty could be dying in excess for other re reasons related to all of the societal changes since March of 2020. Causes of death in the US since the vaccine rollout. I saw on X today a testimony from John Bedwin saying in the US, causes of death shifted to blood and circulatory after the vaccine rollout. That alone would not give definitive evidence it was the vaccine as just for example, people have been gaining weight and exercising less, but that is not even the pattern the US has been seeing since the vaccine rollout. Uh, so average number of daily deaths in the United States. Leading cause of death from 2020 to 2022. Um, heart disease, uh, we've got COVID-19 spikes in there. Um, cancer, accidents, Alzheimer's. Yeah. It's kind of hidden down there. Mm. All right. So are the 17 million excess deaths due to COVID instead? The below figure has been circulating by fact-checkers to debunk Brett Weinstein's claims and Rancor's analysis. I first saw it posted by Jeffrey Morris. Dr. Morris explains he thinks the figure shows the excess deaths can be better explained by COVID deaths than vaccination. This is a figure I use. Um, just bring it up there. So, um, what's the legend on this? I'm presuming blue must be number of vaccines given. Right. Indeed, this figure shows calculated uh, R squared or proportion of variants that is higher for COVID deaths and all-cause mortality than for vaccine rollout 
with all-cause mortality. But the correlation with COVID deaths has a lot of uncertainty, and I'll explain why. When people are being admitted to hospital with deadly conditions, they were almost always tested for COVID, and the more deaths there were, the more incidental COVID deaths you would have had. So it should not be at all surprising COVID deaths increase as all deaths increase if nearly everyone dying is being tested for COVID. I'm not saying COVID did not kill anyone, but I'm, acknowledged, I'm, I'm acknowledging the uncertainty about the amount of deaths being due to COVID. Furthermore, while it is clear peaks in all-cause mortality do not correspond as well with vaccination doses, this analysis appears to have started calculating the proportion of variants even before the vaccine started being administered, which falsely lowers the R-squared for vaccines. So conclusions can't be drawn from the above about COVID or vaccine in terms of causality, no matter how many fact-checkers use it, but it brings up an important point that correlations of R-squared does not equal causation. So estimating how many people have been killed by the COVID vaccines. Because the COVID vaccine randomised trials were not powered to assess efficacy against all causes or lost is difficult. Very data by my pop increase in all cause mortality among the mRNA vaccinated, the confidence intervals were wide. The follow-up was only three to six months. And we now know the Pfizer vaccine given in the trials was not the same as what was given to the public. The adenovirus vaccines, in spite of known risk of fatality, still was found to have an all-cause mortality benefit, but the follow-up was only a matter of months. Okay. So... It's just a denovirus. Okay. Right. So the fact that vaccinated people tend to be healthier makes drawing conclusions about differences in all cause mortality by vaccination status from observational studies extremely challenging. The recent excellent study of previously infected in Austria who had received their fourth booster dose found a 21% decreased risk of all cause mortality among those who had received four doses, compared with those who had received only three in spite of a higher, though non significant, risk of COVID 19 mortality. The authors, I think appropriately, attribute decreased non-COVID mortality rate to healthy vaccine bias. But there are still opportunities to link vaccines with death, including through, one, autopsies with characteristic rare changes in the heart, or two, in fatal conditions that are rare and clearly linked in timing to vaccination. The best example of the former is sudden cardiac death with autopsy-proven myocarditis shortly after vaccination. The best examples of the latter are fulminant myocarditis within weeks of vaccination or death from anaphylaxis or vaccine-induced thrombocytopenia and thrombosis. Self-controlled case series offer another opportunity and one did find a small but non-significant signal for increased cardiac death post-second dose mRNA vaccination in 12 to 29-year-old males corresponding to 2.8 extra deaths per million doses given in spite of healthy vaccine bias. The signal was a lot clearer for 12 to 29-year-old females who received the AstraZeneca vaccine of 60 excess cardiac deaths per million doses of adenovirus vector vaccine. As I described previously, the SCCS design is more amenable to causal inference as they analyze only people who died and have been vaccinated and looked at their risks pre and post vaccination. Because of healthy, healthy vaccine bias, changes in health around the time of vaccination and challenges with length of the follow-up period, these studies can show a causal link, but quantifying it is more difficult than in randomized studies. Okay. Um, so 
The above should be considered minimum estimates based on only the known proven cases or on a self-controlled case series that was more likely to provide an underestimate due to healthy vaccine bias around the time of vaccination. As the German and Korean autopsy series pointed out, a number of deaths attributed to the vaccine would have been missed had an autopsy not been performed due to sudden cardiac death shortly after vaccination. Conclusions. I have deep sympathy for people who have lost a loved one to COVID-19 vaccination, and I am dedicating this post to them. My criticisms of Rancor, Tales analysis stem from the fact I think people are owed as accurate of data as possible. In regards to my current position, I don't think COVID-19 vaccines should continue to be used, and I've made this clear publicly on multiple occasions, including here. This is based on lack of evidence of efficacy and an incompletely defined risk profile. Now I want to give quick shout outs to Denny Rancourt and his colleagues for attempting to answer a very difficult question and inspiring this post. I'm sure he will have responses to what I wrote and they are welcome. Second, I did not get into all the part of Brett's interview that I loved, but I thought this tweet from Aaron Karate summed up my feeling brilliantly in this superb interview. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, we get it. Um Controversial claims and interpretations should lead to conversations and more data, not cancellations. Brett actually said in the interview that we need more physician scientists doing honest investigative journalism about the current health issues like post-vaccination deaths and excess mortality. In that spirit, I hope this post can start a productive discussion, etc., etc. Okay. Um, so there's a reply from uh, Denny Rancourt here. I, I restacked it. This, this, no, I don't know what that means. I appreciate this detailed and objective critique of our work. I wish it could have been a recorded discussion so that each statement can be clarified and responded to as we go. Mostly, this is a critique of the 17 million values, its prima facie plausibility, and whether it can actually be valid for the entire world and the, of the causality claim, without specifying the nature and method of the actual claim, not the extensive underlying work. Virtually all the criticisms raised are addressed in the paper itself, and the limits of the 17 million estimation are spelled out, shown by graphical results. Nonetheless, I plan to respond more fully when time permits, I think. Yeah, um, I don't think you're going to hear much from Rancor anymore. I think he sort of got his um, five minutes of fame, and it's too easy to shoot down um, his graphical representation and the, um, the misalignment with... Um, peaks in deaths and um, some of these countries. She raises very valid points about, you know, why the particular countries he chose versus not others. And, you know, just again, I would just <laughs> scroll up to this. This is, um, it's this garbage that should just make people just raise their eyebrows about, um, how how you could put out data um that would be so um so easily misproven just by the shapes of um the curves <laughs> that, that peru one um gets me every time <laughs> peruvian death squads viva el presidente <laughs> right um so that's that's a i i agree with um, much of her analysis, she picked up on what I did, and um, I, I like I say, I don't think you'll see Denny responding in any um, formal fashion. I don't, I can't believe it would get through. Well, I say I can't believe it would get through review. Um, 
If there's one thing we've learned, uh, there's a whole bunch of people sitting in offices that uh, shouldn't be there. And I, uh, yeah, I, there's no way, no way I would ever, ever go back into that environment again. God, it was just... <laughs> <sighs> all right. Um, I'll uh, check the chat real quick. Um, Let's see. Did I just hear a freaking nineties laser beam sound? Yeah, you did. Okay. Brett Weinstein looks like a Jewish version of Wallace from Wallace and Cromley. <laughs> um this guy also ran this. What? Uh Wiki Spooks, Monkey Pox, Tabletop Experiment. I don't know what that means. Um Which guy? This guy ran tabletop stimulation of a global biological warfare attack predicting an apocalyptic outcome included several senior pandemic planners held February 2019. Um, spreading plague. Does anyone know if the Rancor-Hogue debate happened on Twitter yet? Um, I don't know. For the life of me, I can't see how things will not go as Vandenbosch has predicted. Um, I'm... I think um, Gert Vandenbosch, his theory is compelling. Um, I'm waiting to see what emerges. And, you know, the reason I'm sitting here on this cork box is because no one's addressing the um the prion exposure and they've actively tried to suppress it that's that's why i'm here and uh i'm just i'm looking at it and the more and more it gets suppressed the more and more i'm uh, suspicious and uh i'm trying to think those uh those malthusians those neo-malthusians got their way Right, so if I see my post from a chat three streams ago, keep showing up, looping, duplicating, call it what you will, it's coming up again after it was typed days ago. Uh, jihad on distraction agents who act as a shield and limit the blast radius. Yes. What's the go with this Munich security conference? I don't know. I don't give a flying fuck. This is a nigger rig effort and tiny caches of my messages that happen to be in the ether can continue low on my list. <laughs> Nigger rigged indeed. Um, the last guy sounded like he had a twang of East London in his accent. I guess that's an old comment. Uh, just for you, Kev, my ad video, my ass video. <laughs> I'm not sure I always look at that right now. Uh, <laughs> coming, coming. All right. Uh, set in the late summer 2020, the fictional scenario opens unexplained influenza virus that is killing international travelers from aptly a fictional middle-income country the burgeoning bioscience and biotechnology economy this exercise unfolds research teams from two world health organization collaborating collaborating centers sequence the responsible strain identify it as an engineered version of h2n2 influenza virus which is related to a strain that circulated among humans several decades earlier despite an emerging international consensus that this is a laboratory created virus the intent and identity of its creators remain unknown um yeah yeah people are dying kev more stats blah blah maybe um how about more tracking the perpetrators 
um i think uh <laughs> i think we should be doing that um i'm my uh skill set in is <laughs> looking at these pathologies etc but um if if it's um looking at these wiki spooks uh entries maybe we could do a stream about that um let's see um spies damn wiki spooks is really awesome it has a who's who box for that event which gives you all the links actors in a nutshell thanks simon um well maybe i'll take a look at that then um <laughs> just uh just to keep the uh <laughs> the bleak hippie mm. Uh... Known participants, Bill and Melinda Gates, Beth Cameron, American national security expert in biosecurity, biodefense and bioterrorism. Also participated in private pandemic exercises for Ted Turner's Nuclear Threat Initiative. Yeah, Ted Turner. <laughs> what can I say? Uh, Coalition for Epidemic Preparedness Innovations. Uh, Chris Elias, Dr. and Bill Gates' protege. Jeremy Farrar. Well, we know all about him. George Gao, of course. Margaret Hamburg, Wolfgang Ischinger, Johnson & Johnson, Ernst. Moniz, U.S. deep state operative who took place in multiple WEF pandemic exercises. Samnon, Mike Ryan. Um, yeah, <laughs> find them and destroy them would be my advice. But uh, who am I to say? All right. Um, let's see. Did you just say another one jumped on the no virus bandwagon? Did you just say McCulloch quoted? Well, I think you just said he did. Um, you're talking about the um, he, he's quoting Denny Rancor, and um, Denny Rancor's paper is just full of holes, I'm afraid. Um, it's trash, right? Uh, Australia has a large all cause excess deaths 2022 onwards. Yes, that's uh, another one that we could um, look at. Um, Colonel Hepburn completed internal medicine, redundancy, uh, infectious diseases, fellowship programs at Brook Army. Okay. Um, what is the level two medical facility in Iraq? Um, and I don't know. Uh, you need a Quan to handle the numbers. I bet the place is more chewed up than a resort in the Catskill. <laughs> Uh, GVB has noted mutations starting with JN1 are occurring not just on the spike protein, now indicating CTLs have been initiated the last this effort by the immune system to try and control full immune escape. Maybe. That's it. All, all we can do is wait and watch now. That's it. See, it's been done. And your job is to get through it now. And, you know, 
You should take up uh, fine recreational activities like vaping, like the doc has. Uh, let's see. What do you think they would refer to the lab they could apparently load into a big-ass Ukrainian airplane and fly around? Would that be referred to as biomonitoring lab or something? Um, well, I think that is a... Those mobile labs, for sure, they're, they're real, right? That's... Uh, there's no denying that. Did they extract one out of Iraq and take it to Ukraine? Maybe. Let's see. Bosch is way above my pay grade, but it remains the only one who has predicted correctly the trajectory of the pandemic from the beginning. Right. Or was that just some sort of BS? I remember talking about it before the Ukrainian invasion got going a couple of years ago. Um, yeah. So, you know, Ukrainian labs have been on our radar long before the invasions there. So migration patterns of various species of bird. Yeah. yeah. Um, how about that? So it looks like according to the new Oracle for info, wiki spooks. Okay. Um, feel better or your money back. This past year saw the launch of a one-shot gene therapy with a money-back guarantee should the treatment not work. It's a time right for new era of healthcare pricing based on patient outcome. Um, <laughs> where's that come from? WEF meeting, which Bill Gates headlined, outlines very, very interesting biomedical tech inv innovations being worked on. Um, feel better or your money back. <laughs> of course, they can make those claims if you're, if you're not coming back to ask for money. Um, yeah, a whole bunch about CEPI, probably a million infections a day in the US right now, currently treating five. Um, yeah, I think um, the infections are ongoing. That that's clear from the wastewater. The question is, is it as lethal as the first uh, strains? Um, obviously not. Um, they could probably say, oh, that's down to vaccination, but mm, I don't think the data supports that. Um, let's see, Christy says, you're correct on that one, Johnny. GVB has been correct. It's happened over time, and I think people, even me, expect faster evolution, but if he is correct, oof. I've never had the corona that I know of, but tomorrow I start work at the hospital, so it's about time, fam. Well, um, prayers for you, Christy. Um, let's see. We'll find out together. As for me, I'm bracing for impact. Yeah. Um, like I say, I think the chronic disease is the big thing, right? The cardiac, cancers, protein misfolding disorders, or, or, or basically protein misfolding disorders will be at the base of those uh let's see Quirley says they're going to repeat history what like buy new cars eat in fancy restaurants have kids live aspirationally wash rinse repeat uh they're brainwashed before they were even born it's in the water um i don't know what that refers to um Here is the full participant list, WEF 2017, where major planning was going down, reference pandemic, over 2,000 names. Um, yep. <laughs> Find them. Uh, a lot of Scooby-Dooers around. <laughs> uh, now, if I had written what I would be frothing at the mouth if someone called my write-up a preliminary analysis of our work. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, we need a Arya Stark list of individuals and institutions. Yes, yeah, that's the only way you probably get anything approximating some um, 
payback. And the longer they kick it out, um, the more, the more and more compromised you become. <laughs> this, this, the sofa and the bed just seem a uh, <laughs> the 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 easier option. Now I've gone tired. I lay down. <laughs> Uh, let's see. Food, water, weapons, cash, gas, propane. Okay. It's probably down to variants shedding their prion density content. Um, that's not true. Well, I haven't checked for a few months, but um, Omicron has way more amyloidogenic, predicted amyloidogenic epitopes. Now, are they prion catalyzing epitopes? Don't know. Um, anyway, um, so let's see how long is that? I've been going two hours. Bloody hell. <laughs> it's just, uh, it's, uh, I'm not getting any, anything for the doc's efforts. Can I get, can I go to the pre on paper? Let's see. Uh, apart from more damn beans and, uh, Gina, you're all K26Rs in my book. Um, let's see, the prion paper I wanted to do is this one, which is wide distribution of prion infectivity in the peripheral tissues of variant CJD and sporadic CJD patients. And, you know, why why do this? Why look at this? Because I think we have to, if if a prion seeding event has happened, then it's in, it's, it's in people's tissues. And then the, that's how a, that's how it'll be getting into the environment. And um I think I think it's important to know this. I have a whole bunch for for therapist stuff to look at as well. Uh, but this one piqued my my interest. But I've been going two hours and I've got um Daniel um coming. So I need to prepare for that. So maybe I should prepare somewhat for Daniel and then I might, I'll do this, I'll do this tonight. And, um, we looked, we looked at the, I'll do it. So I'll do a part two of this because this, this paper I really want to do. Um, but I got a bunch of stuff I need to take care of, uh, firsthand. And then I'll, I'll do a stream with, um, Daniel and he can sort of relay to you, um, his, um, his experience in Canada and um, yeah, we'll, we'll go from there. And I've, I've also got to go to Tokyo this week. Um, I'm going to have to limit the, um, the times I go. Uh, <laughs> it's too expensive and uh, um, I don't know. I'm not sure if I'm seeing any real, I think any benefit I'm feeling at the moment, it's just the fact I've had to say, fuck it. I've got to take, uh, I've got to take pretty high dose of NSAIDs and, um, yeah, it's, um, somewhat better. Um, let's see, Johnny says, I really enjoyed the stream with Sparkus. Yeah, man. I love talking Sparkus. <laughs> he's, uh, he's great. Um, where do you donate on Rumble? Um, I think, isn't there just like a, a donate button? I don't know. I, I guess I would have to. Um, I would have to look. I don't see one. 
but I think it's because it's my stream. Um, I don't know where there's uh mm -mm. <laughs> they put ads on it. Yeah, all right. <laughs> Funny. Um I don't know where the where the donate button is. There should be one. Why is there not? Isn't it, isn't it like in the chat window? You know what? I don't know. Um, is this, uh, is this uh, another foul? I blame that flick making me uh, change channels. Um, yeah, I don't see any um, donate button. <laughs> That could explain a lot. Um, yeah, I don't know. Um, but like I say, I've got a bunch to do before um, Daniel gets here. So um, I need to do that. We've, like I say, we looked at um, criticisms from a domain expert in um, chat window, bottom left, a dollar sign next to subscribe. Oh, yeah, there it is. Well, they could make that more prominent. Um, but <laughs> yeah, okay, I see it now. Um, so I want to get I want to get to this paper because um, I'm very curious what it has to say and what it means for a uh, super prion event. All right, um, that's two hours you got out of me. Um, Smokefire says, "Sup, doc? How's yourself doing today?" Um, Good. I'm busy though, and I've got uh, guests coming. Um, well, basically tomorrow, and oh, there's a <laughs> I've got got tidy up. So um, I I'm gonna go and uh, try and make a dent in the chaos that uh, is my living space. All right. Um, I will. I'll be, I'll be back. I want to do this later tonight so i will i will do that then sorry i didn't get to the pre on this time um I, I guess i spent too long it's too long monologuing at the camera all right i'm out of here i will see you guys in the next one take care god bless bro you don't know how angry i am you do I'm like i was just leaving for fucking work you do not understand how fucking pissed off after reading that little line, I will be arrested for not taking a fucking vaccine. Fuck these cappers! I will fucking kill each fucking capper! I swear! This is not a fucking joke anymore. This is fucking dead serious. I am fucking dead serious. These people don't know who the fuck they actually saying. Fuck these cappers! No fucking vaccine or MRA or ever flow through my fucking blood blood! Never! I will fucking die! For my fucking bees and my fucking forefathers and my fucking lineage! Fuck these motherfuckers! All that fire. This guy. So, tech 45,000 turned in. Fuck! Let up! 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 Let up!